whatever you two guys, you two are doing, I'm gonna start doing it because you don't look 67, and I don't know. Sexual education, Amy. I'm talking to you. I got to get into it. It's the thing to do. Uh, and so I'm but, 74. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no so way. We're we're senior citizens, but we're still doing our thing. You know, <laughs> sharing That's stuff. That's the key. That's the key. Yeah. Male sexual energy rises quickly, gets easily excited, and then drops quickly. Feminine sexual energy rises slowly. Hangs out. We don't know mm. if it's coming or going. However, when it's reawakened, it can stay up on a plateau for a long, long time. Hi, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Robbins. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium. And today, kicking off Valentine's Week, we are discussing sexual enlightenment. I have not discussed sexual energy on this show, which is interesting because it seems like it is crucial to our energetic existence. Um, and until this showed up in my email box, I had never really even thought about it. But I am so excited for this episode for you all as you head into this week of love with Dr. Elsbeth Moyt and Freddie Zentel Weaver, who work out of the Tantra Nova Institute actually right here in my backyard in Chicago. And in this episode, we discuss what actually sexual enlightenment is, you know, really viewing sex through a more conscious lens and how we incorporate that in our everyday lives, particularly around issues of intimacy, love, how we deal with trauma in the sexual space when we've had trauma before and how sex can be used as a real entry point to more emotional awareness versus the other way around, which I think certainly in the therapeutic space, we often think of going through therapy to get to more intimacy. But this kind of flips some of that on its head and looks at it through a different lens. So make sure you also stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode where you will be, the world there will be a surprise for you. So make sure you stay tuned. And here is the episode with Dr. Elsbeth Moyt and Freddie Zentel Weaver. Welcome, Elsbeth and Freddie, to the show. Hi, Amy. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, you said before we started, once we become friendly, we can call you Dr. E and um, Freddie Z. Yeah, and we're so, friendly now. So. We're already friendly. We're already <laughs> friendly. So I want to dive right in here to sex, which is the content of today's show, and I'm excited to dive into it. What is sexual enlightenment? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, you know, sexual enlightenment is where the sexual energetic aliveness takes us, whether you're doing consciousness work like we teach various distinctions around uh, meditation that we'll get into, uh, or you're just having fun with yourself or with a partner. 
when we're in that moment of the sexual experience, we're more um, open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Chem- you know, emotionally, we're changed. Chemically, more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. So we're in an di- altered state of consciousness. You know, and so that is what has kind of kept us coming back to this, this sexual experience, you know, over and over again. Cause those three moments of orgasm or three seconds of orgasm are like we're connected to this super consciousness. It's as spiritual as you can get when you think of creating life and that oneness and that open vulnerability that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what did, what's distinct about us in our work? is that we then bring awareness to that mm. because that ex- sexual energy is a primal energy. It takes us, it carries us. It's wonderful. Yet, how would it be if I could learn how to channel that energy so that it could support my physical body and health, my emotional well-being, connecting to my conscious, intentional mind and my spiritual self. And what it also then allows for is that we become reintegrated. You know, most of us, when we grow up, we get somewhat compartmentalized. You know, we may close off our heart because perhaps the dad didn't come home one night. He was in an accident, but as a five-year-old, I didn't know that. So I just concluded he doesn't love me anymore. So I close off my heart or I close off my sexual self because that didn't feel safe, you know, when I was a two-year-old or eight-year-old. And so there is a constriction in these energy vortices in our being, in our, our body. And in the practice that is available through sexual meditation is that we get actually to clear that on a somatic level, on an emotional level, on a mental interpretive story level and come more into integration. And when we are in integration, we feel whole. What's what's interesting, Amy, is when you bring consciousness to the sexual is we're teaching it in terms of awareness of the uh, breath, breath awareness, energy awareness, and intention, like what you want to create or bring into your world. When we bring consciousness to the sexual, the elements of that, that energy, creativity and pleasure, start to show up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex in the simple process of living. So when I bring consciousness in that altered state, and I'm listening to the frequency, to the, to the subconscious thinking, the stories and energy, when I'm just out in my world, in my life, and I say, you know, well, I hate my job, 30 more years of retirement, that dog doesn't hunt anymore when I'm listening to what that, the cascading effect of that thought. So everything starts to shift to get brighter. Yes. So you're really using sex as a way to kind of, as, as almost an entrance point into consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And consciousness is an entrance point into sex. It sounds like, like yes. they go, they're kind of going hands in hands in that way. They, they are two poles, you know, of what is it called? Two sides to this on the same Opposites. coin or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, two sides of the same coin. Yes. So they they work together. If we know it or not, even without our awareness or consciousness. They are always there because we all are earthly beings and heavenly beings simultaneously. Um, It is just that, you know, through history, throughout history, they were separated. Like sex belongs into the bedroom and the spiritual practice into the church, the temple, the synagogue, the mosque. What we are saying, and we are not changing, it's not like anything needs to change there. What we bring awareness to is that within this temple of our unique being, there is this connection of the earthly, the heavenly, the sexual, the spiritual, the primal, the cosmic, ever present. And we tap into that. And beautiful how you said that. 
is as much as we then become aware of that sexual life-giving creative energy and learn to channel it, at the same time, of course, the consciousness self affects the sexual. So they start communicating. None is not better or more important than the other. They are equal, yet they actually benefit each other. They elevate each other when they come together in an aware being in the human in the human. You know, it's it's like what we I always say, we're not teaching you anything new. We're re- reminding you of what you've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Because when we're in that sexual place, it's kind of like, you know, forever we've been procreating with this energy. It's just what happens. It creates life. And the last hundred or so years, we've been recreating with the development of contraceptives. And what we're sharing and teaching is how to co-create with this creative life force intelligence. It was creating life before we had language, you know. And so people, it's like we all are looking into the world from this clay that we are. And this clay forms at the beginning, you know. But at the beginning, it was wonderful. We were in the womb. We were floating. It was womb service, you know. Everything was wonderful. You know, the thing about food, you know. The brain hadn't totally developed to, you know, a consciousness state. And then suddenly we're born, whoosh, you know, bright lights, whacked on the bottom. You know, some guys are getting their wee-wees cut and thinking, send me back, you know. And then life happens, the good, the bad, potty training. I mean, everything that, you know, happens. And then right. we're looking into the world from all of those experiences, right? And then, but what the good news is, and what connects us to this elegant design of a universe that goes on forever, which is hard to even imagine, and these forms of these bodies and all of this, is our imagination, our capacity to dream and imagine something that's never been in our life before. So to work with this clay that we look into the world from and then move into this possibility requires letting go of what we know. And a lot of what we know, 95% of it, they say, is in our subconscious. So how do we get to that? Some people do plant medicine, of course, therapeutic approaches, the linguistic approach to transformation. What we're teaching is how to shift something energetically. So once we are in this altered state of the sexual, in a, in a conscious state as a meditation, in the, the distinctions we teach, then we are, again, more unmasked in this intimate vulnerability to what's running in the background that we don't see. You know, when you come to it with intention, you can then start to unmask some of the stuff we don't see that keeps us stuck in a place. And we can then move into what we're imagining to create and then move into the feeling and more neurosynaptic familiarity and and a reprogramming, so to speak. (laughs) So how do you address like trauma in your work? If it sort of feels like a which comes first, the chicken or the egg, can someone get conscious in their sexual being before getting conscious in their life around what might be holding back or prohibiting their freedom of sexuality in that way. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, that's a great question. So... Let me give you an example of myself, how I came to Tantra and what the healing potentiality of Tantra actually opened up for me. Can you define Tantra? Tantra, yes. Yeah, because I don't even know what I've heard it. Yes. So sexual meditation comes out of the Tantric practice. And Tantra uh, comes from East India and is based in what's called the energetic yoga, unlike Hatha yoga or most forms we are familiar with in the West. 
that are based in the physical body. So we work with the yoga of the energetic body. And so we learn not only because I know you work with energy and frequency and all of that in your work, you know, we just take it to the level then of the sexual primal energy and really learn to form ourselves to affect ourselves with that wonderful life-giving energy. So that comes out of the tantric tradition. And so... Is that different, not to to derail my own question here, but is that different from kundalini? Hmm. Kundalini is actually a Sanskrit word. So it comes from the East Indian tradition. And Kundalini is the raw life force energy. If because yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, the definition of energy before it's defined in any kind of uh, expression. So sexual energy is unique in its expression: angry energy, laughter energy, sad energy, so on. Uh, it, sexual energy is unique. So the Kundalini starts at the base of the spine, coiled in like a DNA type of a shape, and it moves up through the body. And that's what kundalini is. So oftentimes when people are doing some of these meditations that we teach, they get in touch with their kundalini. And it shows up in various ways. It gets awakened. Now, Mm -hmm. also, I want to be clear that kundalini is just another word for life force energy. So different cultures have different words for it. It's the same energy. Kundalini in Sanskrit, Reiki in Japanese, uh, life force energy, or chi in Chinese and the Tao tradition, and then life force in Western philosophy, Mm. and then the force in pop culture, like force in Star Wars. I was going to say, that sounds very Star Warsy. Yes, it's the same energy just by different names. Got it. Okay. So Trust now, your feelings, Luke. Trust your feelings. <laughs> right, right. I've never seen those movies, if you can believe it. But oh yeah, you should. Definitely I know, I know. I feel like I would love them, and my boys binge. have seen them like m- many times. And my husband's <laughs> a huge fan. But okay, I digress. Okay, back to my question about kind of that which comes first. And you, before I interrupted with all my other questions, you were gonna. Uh, dive into your experience as an example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really great that you brought up the question because it makes it more understandable probably mm. what opened up for me. So <clears throat> I, as you can tell, I'm, you know, it wasn't raised in the United States. I was born and grew up in Germany. In my late 20s, I came to the United States to do postgraduate work postgraduate work in music. And then a few years later, I went on to get my doctorate in education. And after that, I became a management consultant and I traveled the world. I had good, uh, gotten really good at consulting, yet I was miserable in relationship, actually despaired. You know, uh, I had this um, way or this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And uh, when I hit 50, I really saw that, you know, if I were not going to change that trajectory, I would end up without lasting intimacy and love in my life before I leave this planet. And I didn't settle for that. I also knew that I needed to do something that would assist me in removing some blind spot, like this unavailability thing. You know, I knew there was something, but I couldn't pinpoint it. So I couldn't remove it. I couldn't change it. I couldn't shift it. And in my despair, I looked for many modalities and I decided to delve deeply into the tantric practice like a discipline, you know, not just reading a book here or there. And that was a deep dive. And what opened up for me was that I held, had held trust towards men. Now, I had no distrust. Distrust. Mm-hmm. Distrust. Mm-hmm. I held distrust towards men, which I was not aware of because I was very charming. You know, I was very inviting. Um, I didn't look like a distrusting bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> but underneath, you know, in the subtle field. And so, what 
arose through the tantric healing, there are very particular healing rituals that are designed to allow us to tap into that, what is so obscured for us so that we cannot see it. And um, in one of the rituals, in the way I was touched intimately, and these ritual practices are really for opening up something. They are not about having sex. They are of a different kind. Yes, there is a partner, but the partner, and Freddie was not there yet in my life, you know. So I worked with a practice partner, and the partner is totally there for the receiver, not for their own gratification. It goes both ways. If the woman is the receiver and the man is the giver or vice versa, you know, the man is the receiver and the woman is the giver. It applies to both. In that sustained role of receiving over one or two or more hours, certain things can get enlarged, opened up, because in that receiver being, I can open up, I can let go. I know that my giver is there for me. It's not about him. I don't have to take care of his feelings, you know. Now, of course, also what gets cultivated is letting go, which then allows us to receive and to trust. So in the process, what uh, I what came back like, suddenly was an experience from the time when I was 18 years old. Mm. First boyfriend, first love. We had a beautiful relationship. And then he asked me to have intercourse. I said, yes, although I was not ready. And then it was so freakingly painful. You know, mm. I had to go to the gynecologist. The bill went to my house. My dad opened it on Hilprogloos. Oh. He called me a whore. The boyfriend left a few weeks later, the relationship, and there I was totally alone, no soul to turn to. Mm. And that was the moment when I made a decision, which was something like, Elspeth C, men are never there for you when you need them. And while that was so at that time, that, however, trailed me into my young adulthood, my adulthood, no wonder that I attracted unavailable men because they were further proof, you know, that, yeah, they are not there for you, Elspeth. So in a very twisted way, we create the very thing we don't want, you know, unless we shift what's in the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And for me, the access was through my sexual, my sacred space, which is the sexual center in um, Sanskrit, which means yoni and translated as sacred space, where I could wake up. And it was like opening a valve. You know, with a valve, the steam gets more intense first. However, then it fizzles out. In the same way, for me, the pain, the emotional and the physical pain from that 18-year-old woman came back very intensely and then fizzled out. Mm. And in that letting go, what opened up was deeper trust in myself because that's often what goes when we have these experiences. Mm. Why didn't you say no? You know, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why did you let that happen? You cannot even trust yourself. You cannot count on yourself. So deeper trust in myself then greater trust in men in general. And then six months later, Freddie came into my life. Ta-da! And I'm sure I would not have recognized him as a potential partner. I mean, I saw him as a tall black guy, looks like a basketball player. I mean, you know, but partner, if I hadn't done that clearing work, I don't think that would have been open for me mm. because well, he was I available. Well, and I think what's so what that story illustrates, and it's really interesting as a therapist thinking about these pieces is how different entry there isn't necessarily one entry point for everybody. Because I could see and I've done work with people around a similar issue, and we go at it through the therapeutic route which you could have gotten to as well, right? Like it wasn't that the only way through this was the sexual um, 
opening. But for you, that was really, that was kind of where you were pulled to. And through that work, became conscious around these issues as they were related to your, I want to even say intimacy, because this sounds, this sounds like it's as much about, and sex is about intimacy as it is about the sexual act. Right. They go hand in hand. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and there is something (laughs) I had done therapy around this whole experience in my early 30s, which was very helpful. Um, So I thought it was complete, you know, but what I didn't know was that there was something lingering in the subconscious. We also call it the cellular memory, you know, in the musculature, in our cellular being, that then for me opened up exactly as you said, through this particular access that circumvented the conscious mind where language resides. And we go into the visceral, into the central, into, yeah, the, the primal in a way, how it lives in our body. I want to say one of the primary things that I've observed and I see after 23 years of working with thousands of couples and individuals all over the world of different ages and ethnicities and and, uh, educational levels and so on, is that once someone comes with whatever level of something that's happened to them that they want to shift, the key is that they have an idea of what they want to create, what they want to feel, what they want to be. And the process that we share, as opposed to getting to it linguistically, like therapeutically, we teach how to get to it energetically. Because once you can start to work with the processes that we're teaching of more deeply listening to the frequency and the energy and the thought and the cascading effect of thoughts and beliefs and start believing for a moment in this altered state of the sexual as a meditation what you want to feel, what you want. Then we start reprogramming our belief systems, our neurosynaptic familiarity, and then it starts to show up. It's kind of like red cars. You don't notice them until they're there. They always were there because we are like the Newtonian thing is that, you know, it's real and it happened and this is the way that it is and it'll always be. The quantum is that anything's possible and this moment is recreating a new experience. So once we start getting that we are looking into a world from a certain position and we can shift that, through these processes, like what I want to create, that's what starts to appear. And this is what I've seen happen with people over and over and over and over again. And in my own life with this work. I'm excited for the sexual meditation and stay tuned, everybody. Don't, don't turn this off yet. There's a little treat coming for you too. Um, So sexual energy versus life force energy, where do they come together? Are they separate? Are they the same? I know you talk about this a bit in your book. Yeah, yeah, great. Mm -hmm. So sexual energy and life force energy are the same. Now, let's also make a clear distinction between sex, which is the act of sex, and sexual energy. They are not the same. Sexual energy applies when we make love, when we have sex. Yes. But what about when you're just out, right? And some people you feel like, You can look at some people, maybe no one else has this experience, but I certainly do. And you can sense like there's an intensity to them. I always say it feels like there's an intense sexual energy to that person. I don't even know specifically what I'm referring to, except that I know that it feels that way. Yes. Yes. I I think I know what you're talking about, Uh, which is really there is an aliveness. So that sexual energy that is life force that is with us all the time at this very moment it runs through each of us otherwise we wouldn't be alive it's just like blood runs through us all the time we are not aware of it you know i don't unless i feel my pulse you know i i cannot feel my blood flow and the grid for the blood flow is the arteries and the veins <laughs> Energy, the grid is the nervous system. So there's a, you know, sensations are the core of how we feel there. So 
we call it sexual life force energy that is given to us at the moment when we get conceived and then leaves us at the moment when we leave this planet. So, and life force energy that is sexual in nature goes hand in hand with the breath. When we don't breathe, we die. There's a word in Sanskrit, which is prana. And probably some of you who are listening, you may be familiar with that word from your yoga practice. Prana means energetic breath. In Sanskrit, there are one, one in word and one in conception. In our Western thinking, there are two words, breath and energy, you know, it says something about our consciousness, the differences. So, um, so we can learn, and you are very familiar with that, you know, in your work, it's like we can connect with ourselves that we can actually guide energy flow, subtle energy flow through our body, affect our emotional states or our thought states. And uh, so that sexual life force energy then shows up at different gradations. Like right now, listening and I'm speaking, it's at a subtle level. Now, when I walk in the summer and work out by Lake Michigan and I feel the breeze touching my skin, it feels very pleasant. I'm not highly aroused, but the energy has risen a little bit. And then, of course, all the way up to that climactic moment or that ejaculatory moment, you know, when it's highly, there's a high frequency at that level. So it can show up on this, you know, gradation threat. And then we can learn how to tune with and guide and move this sexual life force energy like we learn how to play a flute. So let's say there is a scale from one to 10. You know, I may raise it to a four, which is not highly aroused, but it's higher than in the subtle state. And so I can play on this, I can breathe it up, or I can move up to an eight or nine if I have practiced that. Because once I'm at a nine, it's very easy, you know, to go over the top. In that practice, we also learn to hover, to not rush to that moment of release for the men yeah. or climax for the woman. Yeah, I want to say for the man, in all the variations of Tantra there are, and we're Tantra Nova, Tantra Nu, so we're integrating aspects of the East and aspects uh, in transformation and aspects of the West of transformation in terms of ling linguistic language, how we create our reality and language, creative self-discovery, how we discover ourselves in the creative process in music, movement, and art. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. What was the point? There was a point I just just disappeared. It'll come back to you. Let yeah. me see if this question helps because I had a question about, and I think Freddie, you touched on this a little bit and really gave us a good sense of kind of energetically what this looks like, you know, and how we can create our own reality in the quantum space. What do you see, or how do you define? kind of falling in love versus creating love in your life and relationships. Right. You know, well, we've been together for 23 years and we live and work together. So that's really 46 years. You know? right. <laughs> it's not right. like we go away for 10 hours a day, you know. Right. Uh, and you, you haven't killed each other yet, I guess, no, is the moral right. of no, that actually, story. Not at all. Not at all. And so, you know, stuff doesn't stop happening between us. It just doesn't stick around as long. You know, because we are human, we're animals, we get angry, we get sad, disappointed, blah, blah, blah. And so you feel that, you know, authentically. And then what happens typically is we spin it. We rationalize the suffering about it, to be right about it, to make the other wrong about it, our ego, you know. And so once we can start to recognize that and just the energy of it, we can either make a request. To, one of the key things, Amy, I would say for everybody listening, and, and how do we figure out when do we apply transformation, is to, one, approach life to own your upsets. Mm -hmm. own, so if I've got a charge about something with Elsbeth, i got to own the charge. And once I own the charge, I can either make a request or not and look at it differently and respond differently than reacting. 
But so that's that, really tough for people to do. I mean, that's, it sounds like that's the work you do. That's certainly the work I do is absolutely. like, you know, when people come to me in any relationship and they're charged up about it, they never like what I say, but I'm always like, let's look at what this is bringing up for you because you just want to be right. You don't want to know what this is stirring. One has to have a practice in how to get some distance from the somatic experience. And one of the things we teach that's fundamental is the breath, uh, parasympathetic breathing, belly breathing, because that is a couple of things. One, when we do that, we produce more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. As well, um, we start to get a little distance from the story conversation that we're having in our head because we have to think to physiologically do that, to breathe that way, to bring the breath down to the diaphragm and extend the belly behind the diaphragm. We have to think to do that as opposed to just keeping it in the lungs, the upper chest. And that little thinking, that little pause gives us just enough space to kind of decide to, okay, I'm not going to get so angry about this traffic. I'm going to look at what's going on in my body and now I can calm myself down and I'm not getting the, you know, the high blood pressure or the heart and so on. Yeah. It's the awareness coming to the awareness that all emotional emotions, sensations, and narratives live over here. They don't live over there. And that's actually good news because I can shift, I can alter, I can learn to see, you know, what is blinding me or what I may bring from the past, particularly from how we grew up, our childhood and, you know, all the decisions we made <laughs> that then, you know, when Freddie may be angry that I get triggered into how I felt with my dad when he expressed some violent anger. And as a, a young girl, I couldn't do anything about it. So there were three options, either fight, fight, a fly, a fly, flight. Mm. flight, or freeze. Mm. I went into the freezing. You know, I went into my old, own, own world so that I could bear mm. that I didn't have to expose myself mm to that feeling of violence. He didn't hit me, but there was this violent anger. Mm. So when Freddie gets angry, I really took on to train myself to stay in my grounded being and the witness, like wit being the witness of the situation instead of being the reactor to the situation. And that opened so much up because then I can see Freddie at that moment. I call it now witnessing Freddie doing Freddie. Well, and what I love and what I'm watching in the two of you is I'm sure Freddie's heard this story many times. And yet I can watch if people are just listening, I'll describe what I'm seeing, but you can also look on YouTube. I can see you looking at her mm -hmm. and reflecting that you hear her like you're mm -hmm. I'm like totally stepping into therapist mode. Here. You can, I can hear it even in my voice. It's part of but, you, who you are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm watching and it really is so beautiful to see the two of you attending to each other in a really loving way, despite the fact that, again, you've probably heard this so many times, I can yeah. still tell how connected yeah. you two are to one another. Yes. Well, it, it just, it, the point is, too, what you're bringing up is that this, this work is, this life is moment by moment. And when we can tune into the listening of the moment, because it's good when people come in and they've done the therapeutic understanding of why they fight with their wife because they fought with their mother or whatever. It's blah, blah, blah. blah. I would say blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's good to have that for the left brain and wants to know. Uh, yet we forget that the body is, and it's one system, you know, there's a unified field. And so when we can start to tune into, okay, well, how does that live here? And then get some distance to look at that and flatten that and then move towards this idea of what I want to feel and create. Then it starts to show up for people. And it's the willingness. What are the different energies that you see, masculine and feminine energies, and how they reside within each of us? 
What does that? How does that show up in your work? That was the point that I was going to get to. <laughs> oh, so, see, we got there. We got, we got there. there. Right. So for the man, learning to separate ejaculation from orgasm is a primary edict in all the variations of tantra that there are. Right. Uh, and so in that, and a lot of guys they heard of tantra because of an article that Sting was in uh, where he said 30, 20 years ago that he makes love to his wife for eight hours. So, you know, and guys think, oh, I, I want to be that lover. But it's not like bang, bang, bang for eight hours. It's like be right. broken. It's not Viagra. <laughs> right, right. It's a whole dance of breathing and circulating energy and an awareness that happens. So for the, for the man learning to separate ejaculation from orgasm, he gets in touch with how this energy has him. It's like the little little guy with, look, look, ma, no hands, you know. And as adult men, we're run by our little heads our whole life. So once we start to get the process of how to physiologically do that, separate ejaculation from orgasm, we get in touch with the emotional aspect of all of that. You know, is it too big? Is it too small? Uh, you know, uh, jealousy, uh, possessiveness. Uh, do I deserve being given to like in a ritual that we teach where there's a construct? Um, and all of this, it's loaded, you know, fear, shame, you know, broken hearts, all of that stuff. So once one starts to do the process of breathing and learning to separate that energy and move it to the heart, then he starts to tap into the feminine aspects and the, the, the subtle aspects of pleasure energy, love, agape, right? And that starts to become available for the man. And now once he, because we get work with a lot of couples and they come in there to us and they're like in the peak of their sexual aliveness or in their thirties or what have you. And she's like, I don't know if he loves me. And he's like, of course I love you, honey, pointing to his erection, right? And she's like, yeah, but can you kiss me with your heart? And that's mm-hmm. not something guys learn. I mean, most guys are modeled two things, emotions to show that are okay, fucking or fighting. You know, that's like, mm-hmm. you know, but, but tenderness and caring and nurturing is not a cry. That, that's see. So for guys, when so Freud, Freud was on to something, you know, Freud was on to some stuff, but I mean, some of the other penis envy, I don't know. But anyway, so, but um, I think though for guys, once we start to tap into that subtlety and for a woman, she can trust him now because now he can get beyond what appears to the woman as lust. But for the man, he starts to feel there in the second chakra, the lingam, which is a Sanskrit term for wand of light. Oh, much more endearing than big head, right? <laughs> and so once a guy can get that separation then he can start to tap into that subtlety of that yin-yang balance, masculine, feminine, and then she can feel the trust. Let me build on this a little bit. A couple of things. One is feminine, masculine. We often also call it yin and yang. Then we can take it out of the pure gender correlation. Yes, it shows up can show up like that in, you know, men-woman relationship. The feminine, masculine, yin and yang, for one thing, is in each person. Freddie just described for the men to also connect with his feminine, with his yin self. Um, Because, you know, this applies to anyone in a body, what we are talking about. Uh, It applies to same-sex couples, to bisexual couples, to transgender couples, because we all need this polarity of yin and yang in the couplehood, the relational connection. Otherwise, there's no magnetism. You know, it's like the North and South Pole. If one would fall off or get weakened, there wouldn't be that make the polarity no longer there. So in that way, so I'm just saying this for everyone who is listening, if you don't fall into uh, the female-male, you know, dynamic, then this is just applicable to you and just listen from that place, even when we call it feminine or masculine. It's the polarity. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I want to build on further is like when Freddie speaks about separation of ejaculation orgasm, the ejaculation itself is a physiological function in the pelvic floor. There is a muscular ring around the base of the wand, the magic wand, and that muscular ring starts to quiver at the moment when a man comes to nine and a half, nine and three quarters, 10 being the ejaculatory moment, 
all in service, that quivering is in service to eject the ejaculate. Once the ejaculate is gone, the energy is gone. Refractory. If you love the show, there are several ways you can show the love. You can go to patreon.com at Dr. Amy Robbins, just put in my name, and support the show in any monetary amount you feel comfortable. Five, ten, twenty dollars a month makes the world of difference to me. So I would appreciate if you could support the show, if you're already supporting the show. There aren't enough ways to put into words how grateful I am for that support. It literally has made such a difference to me and it is what keeps this show going. So thank you so much. Also, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you can get the show. You are following me on Instagram. Please subscribe to my newsletter, dramyrobbins.com where I do bi-monthly soul wisdoms. I'm going to be getting back to that. I took a little break, but they are coming back. And also you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. That is where I'm the most active. That's the social media platform you can find me on the most frequently. And just reach out. Let me know your thoughts on a podcast. Share the podcast with friends, whomever you think would be interested in this topic. Just please pass it along. And thanks as always for your support. Every ejaculation is a tremendous depletion of life force energy for the men. They want to sleep or they want to zone out or watch TV. There's also disconnect with the partner usually. Now, there's nothing wrong about it. It's a biological release. Phenomenon, yeah. You know, yes. So in the tantric practice, the men can learn to channel and circulate that wonderful energy that is then felt as an orgasm. And that's a different thing than just lasting longer. Orgasm is a sensation. You know, that wonderful feeling. Of course, we women feel it too. You know, however, we as women don't have that refractory that like, it's gone. Once we come up to a climax, you know, we may have another climax, multiple orgasm, orgasmic waves, just being in the either of that orgasmic feeling. There is a different opportunity and challenge for women, which I can best describe like male sexual energy rises quickly, gets easily excited and then drops quickly. It's based in testosterone. We call it the quick hormone. Feminine sexual energy rises slowly, hangs out. We don't know if it's coming or going. However, when it's reawakened, it can stay up on a plateau for a long, long time. So the opportunity for the man is to learn to circulate his energy up from his sex into his heart. When his heart opens, he becomes more available, more present to himself, first and foremost, and then to her. Because I feel when he is with me from his heart, I of course also feel if his focus is on his desire, sexual desire. Again, there's nothing wrong, good or bad, about sexual desire. Just that locus from where the energy comes from is not designed to create connection. It's more self-concerned. When he breathes it up, that wonderful energy into his heart, his heart opens, my heart opens. When my heart opens, my sexual center opens, which is called Yoni, as I said earlier, my sacred space. And then when that is open, we are in a circuitity of energy. Microcosmic orbit with that orgasmic nectar, we call it. So, And that mm-hmm. creates connection. That is what intimacy is about. We can have sex without intimacy, two bodies being together. And it's great if we're both on the same wavelength. Yeah, it's great. However, if that is the only way of experiencing that energy, it's just the first step. And we do so get we a, open up other steps. We do get a lot of couples who are having great sex, but they want they know there's something more to it. You know, it's great physical sex, but they want to get deeper. And so this is the practices that can really, you know, just in a fun aspect of just, you know, having more deeper connections. And then there's the meditation piece, you know, which is there's two separate pieces that we're sharing and teaching with people. 
Um, but overall, you know, for the man learning these practices, what it looks like is, you know, so at an orgasmic, a high peak at 10 being the ejaculatory moment, when he's done these practices for a while and developed a strong PC, a pubococcygeic muscle and awareness of energy, that orgasmic uh, moment comes and he's consciously breathing through it. And he's also doing a mula banda or a kegel on his PC muscle. And so the ejaculate that comes up through the urethra about to on the south southern end of it will just bleed in that uh, that orgasmic nectar will just bleed into the bladder but what won't happen is refractory so then he can maintain the erection and the engagement and the the, the connection you know and so that's what's possible but it starts with learning to just go say to a six or a seven uh, in that uh, process. But anyway, without going into all the technical stuff, but that's part of what they learn in the men's workshop and also in our, in one of our more advanced uh, and, couples workshops. And in the sexual meditation video. Right. So I'm totally captivated. I could talk to you guys for like hours more. Um, we'll, what? We'll, we'll talk more another time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe we'll do it for sweetest day because this is going to be for Valentine's day. Um, what are some practices that, are able that people are able to implement are there is there anything that people could do that they could take away from our talk today and maybe if they're curious start implementing yeah thank you so there are three key practices we call them foundational principles and practices without cultivating you know being familiar with them and i don't mean only understanding like embodying them, sexual meditation, circulation of pleasure energy in couplehood or pleasure energy within myself is not possible. So, of course, these practices initially are learned on the subtle energy level because if we were to go right away to the aroused level, nothing would be different because the nervous system is not familiar to this new way of being. You know, the nervous system reacts in terms of what it has learned over often a long time. So the way we are in our sexual self, how we express ourselves, wasn't created yesterday. It's been with us often from infancy, childhood, adolescence on and that's it's like built into the nervous system then so the first thing we want to learn about is to recalibrate ourselves and our nervous system so the three distinctions and practices are familiarizing oneself with the parasympathetic breath freddie called it the conscious belly breath you know where we learn to breathe into the belly, unlike our automatic breathing that keeps us alive, fortunately, without us to have regulated, happens more in the lungs, in the upper body, the sympathetic nervous system, which also tends us to get more nervous or anxious or, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system is accessed when we breathe literally into the belly, what I mean is the lungs open up, press down on the diaphragm, and then that extends, extends the, belly. the belly. And that is when the parasympathetic nervous system gets activated. And for most of us, we can do that for about three breaths before our mind gets distracted. Squirrel, you know, and as we continue to practice that, we can... We don't stop the thoughts because many people say, oh, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. I've been doing this since I was 13 years old and I'm 67 now. And my mind's still busy. It doesn't well, Whatever stop you two got, you two are doing, I'm going to start doing it because you don't look 67. And I don't know. Sexual meditation, Amy. I'm I know. I got to get into it. It's the thing to do. Uh, and so I'm but, 74. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no so way. We're, we're senior citizens, but we're still doing our thing, you know, <laughs> sharing that's the, stuff. the key. That's the key. Yeah, we love it when young folks come because it's just so great because they have so much life ahead and ideally they keep okay. doing this. So let me complete the yeah, three practices. Ahead. So, and we recommend to do that daily, you know, waking up with a conscious belly breath and, so that, that this becomes our, you know, second, it becomes second nature. Mm. 
The second one is cultivating the, the witness state of mind. And Freddie alluded to it earlier when he talked about that conscious belly breath. Because when we bring our awareness to the breath, what opens up is greater awareness of like a pause. You know, when I get angry. This clay I, that we're looking into the world. Yeah, I often, problem. you know, I can either lose myself in the anger or I can do the belly breath that alters myself where there is this pause. And in that pause, I can ask myself, Elspeth, do you want to be angry and self-righteous? Or are you more committed to the harmony in the relationship? And Senior given commitment. that this is my commitment, you know, when I'm in a good place, I want to read also to it. <laughs> when I'm angry and overcome my anger in the moment. And uh, that is just so, that breath uh, exercise is so valuable for that. So I want to become aware and not just being in reaction. And then we can apply this to any, anything, including our sexual impulse, because that sexual in us is an impulse. I don't think, oh, do I want to get horny now? No, mm -hmm. I just feel it. You know, I'm turned on. Then I can, given that I have conscious awareness, I'm aware that I'm aware, I can actually look at it. Do I want to follow the impulse? That distinguishes us from animals. We are animals in terms of impulse, the sexual impulse, the emotional impulse, the mental thought impulses we have. They are there. The question is, how am I? Am I the master of them or are they mastering me? Mm -hmm. So that the witness state of mind is essential for that. And then the third distinction in practice is becoming aware of subtle and then aroused energy. And then we can move, we can affect the energy. We don't generate the energy, it's already within us. But we can learn how to affect the flow of energy through the breath. Remember, breath and energy are one. So that is how I can regulate, how I can guide the flow of energy. And we have a gift for your listening audience. Yes, please tell us. Tell us where we can find you. And what do my, what do my audience members who've stayed till the end get? Yeah, thank you so much. So you can find us at tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A -A uh, on the internet. And there are, you know, lots of resources. All our programs are laid out there. There's one for men only that Freddie teaches, one for women only that I teach. They can be accessed or attended uh, both either in person or online through Zoom, so it's they are hybrid. And then we have co-ed workshops for couples and singles. They are all in person here at our institute at um, the north side of Chicago. And, um, and then our book, you can access our book there, which is called Sexual Enlightenment, the very first question that you you know, pose to us what is sexual enlightenment if you want to delve deeper into what the background is for that, the history. And then, of course, there are also practices in the book. It's uh, available on Amazon, both in hard copy and audio format. And then, yes, we have a gift for you, an audio, um, a video class, which is called the Introduction to Sexual uh, meditation. And that is where we actually teach these three practices I mentioned right now. So we thought it would be great if we gave you something that you can bring into your life immediately, you know, mm. out of this conversation. So we just love to share this with you, Amy, and, and your audience. Your audience. Yeah. Thank you. So in order to get it, they go to your website. Is Actually, there a code or anything? Or Yeah. The link, I sent you a link in okay. my email yesterday. And if you could put that in the show notes, 
Absolutely. So the link is in the show notes for this. Sorry, I wonder where that email went. I'll have to search it down. I did not see it. So I apologize for that. Um, And the link will be in the show notes. So if you are interested in this sexual meditation, reaching out to Dr. E and Freddie Z, also known as Elsbeth and Freddie, please do so. And thank you both so much for your time and for this really sexually enlightening conversation today. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Amy, for having us on and for your grace and guidance in this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. Likewise. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 